Welcome to another edition of the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and today we're going to talk about loss aversion. And this is like, you know, you're watching like um, a TV show and like, you know, maybe a fantasy or a uh, sci-fi show. It's like one of those like 10 episode arcs or whatever. And then like you find out that like there's all these like, you know, bad guys. And then you find out that there's one big bad guy who's behind all the other bad guys. That's kind of what loss aversion is. We're going to find out that loss aversion is kind of behind a whole bunch of different biases that we've talked about or are going to talk about. Um, So what it is in a nutshell is that this idea we would rather avoid a loss than make a gain. Um, And uh, Daniel Kahneman and um, uh, Amos Tversky, um, um, they kind of uh, put this in terms of uh, losses loom larger than gains. That's their quote, right? And uh, so these are the two folks whose work is the basis of a very famous book called Thinking Fast and Slow, um, and uh, which is a lot about cognitive bias, and I'm just now finally getting around to reading. It's kind of ironic, but... Um, but uh, so one of their experiments, you know, uh, deals with this, and the way I like to phrase it is... Um, Losses cause more pain than the pleasure that comes from gain. And the reason I do that, if you've read as far into Thinking Fast and Slow as I have, you've learned that things that rhyme, people think are more true than things that don't. So it's really me just trying to convince you that this is for real. Um, but uh, the, in a nutshell, it feels worse to lose $5 than it feels good to find $5. Um, and you can see this used in uh, framing effects, right? We talked about framing effects before. So if you would frame something as, um, would you rather get a $5 discount or would you, re- would you rather avoid a $5 surcharge um, on this product, this item, this service? At the end of the day, it's the same thing, right? But if I phrase it as avoiding a $5 surcharge, you're more likely to go for it. Um, and it's like not just a matter of it feels a little bit better or it feels a little bit worse to lose $5 than it feels to gain $5. No, it's something like a 2x effect, right? So they did an experiment around um, like switching insurance companies and st- different incentives, and they found out that um, a price increase had two times the effect of a price decrease in terms of uh, switching insurance companies. Um, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's not just uh, a difference... Um, it's a big difference. It's it's a huge outscale difference in terms of how much worse it feels to lose something than to gain good. How good it feels to gain something. Um, now, a really interesting application of this um, is uh, in teacher incentives, and this is really you know controversial as pretty much any. Uh, education policy is controversial. But this one in particular was an experiment, I believe it was done in Chicago schools, where they basically said, okay, we're going to take um, a group of teachers, and for some of them, their incentives, there'll be bonus incentives, where it'll be if your kids get this particular score, you will get this bonus at the end of the year. Um, and uh, for another group, it was, okay, here is a lump sum. If your kids don't, you know, hit these scores, you will have to pay that back, right? Now, at the end of the day, it's something like, I don't know, like $8,000 more one way or another. Either you get the 8000 at the outset and you have to give it back at the end, or at the end, you will get $8,000. Like, either way, your base salary stays the same, but you will either lose 8000 at the end or gain 8000 at the end. Um, but it's 8000 you didn't have either way, right? Um, and then our control group. Now, the scores for the group that would get the bonus at the end 
were uh, weren't really improved. The scores for the uh, group who um, would lose it at the end were considerably improved. So the loss incentive was much stronger than the um, the gain incentive. And obviously this was controversial, and it's still controversial to this day. But you know they've tried similar sort of you know lose the bonus versus gain the bonus scenarios in other fields, and they've seen you know, like similar outcomes. Um, but they were saying like the potential like gains here were something like, you know, 31,000 to something like 70,000, like extra dollars a year in terms of salary. Like there's huge economic, you know, um, potential outcomes from this, you know, not to mention obviously the, the educational benefits it's meant to incentivize. Um, but it's kind of fascinating. And the really, to me, the really interesting part of it, because one of the reasons this is controversial is because you don't want to set up a competitive scenario in a school, right? You're like that, there's, there's um, downstream effects of that. But what they found was, even if it wasn't tied to an individual bonus, right? Even if it said, okay, you're in a group of teachers, and this group of teachers, if their students collectively do well on these tests or see improved scores, all of you get to keep this, you know, extra bonus, the effect still worked, right? So even if you're working together to keep... Um, to keep that you know lump sum at the beginning and keep from having to pay it back, um, you see improvements um, as opposed to the scenario where you're trying to compete individually with other teachers. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, uh, from an evolutionary perspective, like where does this come from? Why does loss seem so much more painful to us? Um, it, one of the theories is that you know back in the day when you're competing for food and you're living hand to mouth. Um, if you lose food that you had, that could kill you. That could be it. Like each each meal could be your last. So if you like, you know, killed a deer and someone else stole that deer, okay, I don't know where the next deer is coming from, right? That 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 could be it. However, if I killed a deer and I find another deer and I killed it, well, that's nice, but I can't store the deer. I don't have a fridge. I can't, you know, um, I can eat more of it and like be extra full that day, but that's not going to increase my odds of living longer, right? That's not going to make me live any longer to find that extra deer. Whereas losing the deer I've got, okay, that can mean death. So there's a built-in kind of, you know, evolutionary advantage to feeling the loss way more strongly than you do feeling the gain. Um, and in speaking of evolution, right, like they've even tested this out in uh, lower primates, right? So capuchin monkeys, they basically taught them how to use money. Um, and, you know, when you teach monkeys how to use money, they basically do the same stuff we do. And they saw the same loss aversion start to appear in different experiments. Um, now, saying this was like the big bad behind uh, some of the other big bads, so... The endowment effect we talked about a few episodes back where, like, um, I give a bunch of people a coffee mug and I give a bunch of people, like, chocolates, and I say, okay, do you guys want to switch? Most of the people, you know, say, no, I'm good, right? Like, or if you say, okay, how much would you be willing to sell it for versus someone who doesn't have the mug, how much would you be willing to buy it for? The person selling is like, oh, this is this is my mug, uh, 10 bucks, right? And then the person trying to buy the mug is like, it's a mug, like, 3 bucks, right? There's this outsized value we give things that we have and part of it is you know this notion of loss is way more painful than the money i might get right that i don't have right now for um for giving it away or for for selling it 
Um, another one, which we literally talked about in the last episode, right? Irrational escalation, this notion that I am going to go down a path and it'll become clear to me that that path is a path to ruin. But because I've gone so far, I'm just going to keep going because losing whatever I've invested, right? The bad money after good, losing whatever I've already invested in that, be it money or time, feels more painful to me than whatever I might gain by um, just stopping doing the stupid thing. Um, and we haven't talked about it yet, but there's also a bias called the status quo bias, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's like, things are good as they are. I don't really need to change things. That's scary. Again, it comes from this notion of if I change, then I'm going to lose something. Losing is scary. Let's keep things the way they are. Um, so you can see how this one bias sort of is at the core of the root of like many other uh, evils there. Um, so that is all for this time. My name is David Dylan Thomas. Thank you for listening to the Cognitive Bias Podcast. We will see you next week.